Welcome to the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. My name is Natalie Nidham. I'm a nutritionist, a human potential, and epigenetic coach, and I created this podcast to bring you the latest ways to take control of your health and longevity. We cover it all, from new technology to ancestral health practices, personalized interventions, and a very special interest of mine, peptides. Enjoy the show. Hey folks, welcome back to the show. Before we jump in, a little bit of chatter about sleep. Did you know that there is one phase of sleep that almost everyone fails to get enough of? And this one phase of sleep is responsible for most of your body's daily rejuvenation, repair, controlling hunger and weight loss hormones, boosting energy, and so much more. As you probably have figured out, I'm talking about deep sleep. And if you don't get enough of it, you'll probably always struggle with cravings, slow metabolism, premature aging, or even worse. So why don't most people get enough of this one most important phase of sleep? A big reason is magnesium deficiency, because over 80% of us are deficient in magnesium. And what does magnesium do? It increases GABA, which encourages relaxation on a cellular level, which is critical for sleep. So magnesium also plays a key role in regulating your body's stress responses and system. Those with magnesium deficiency usually have higher anxiety and stress levels, which negatively impacts, you guessed it, sleep as well. So before you go out and buy the first magnesium supplement that you find, it's really important to understand that most products out there only have one to two forms of magnesium when the reality is that your body needs all seven forms of this essential sleep mineral. And that's why I recommend and use Magnesium Breakthrough. Mag Breakthrough contains all seven forms of magnesium designed to help calm your mind, help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up refreshed. And frankly, the deep sleep benefits are really noticeable. So to get yours, just visit magbreakthrough.com forward slash bionat and order now. In addition to the discount you get by using promo code BIONAT10, there's always amazing gifts with purchase. And that's also why I love shopping at Bioptimizers for all kinds of stuff. So, but right now, to get your mag breakthrough, just go to magbreakthrough.com forward slash BIONAT to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out what this month's gift with purchase is. Okay, now let's talk a little bit about our episode today. Our skin was designed to function as a barrier to protect our bodies from environmental stressors and pathogens. But unfortunately, our skin barrier is one of the main factors that is compromised as we age. We all know this. Many of us are constantly looking for the next best thing to slow down and possibly even reverse these signs of skin aging. And my guest today is this repeat guest. She was here a couple of years ago in 2021 when they first launched their product line. And she is here to explain why focusing on products that work on the molecular level is the key to healthy aging. I'm joined by Carolina Oliveira, the CEO and founder of OneSkin, to discuss everything you need to know about healthy aging in the skin. We cover cellular senescence, biological age, systemic inflammation, and the research being done at OneSkin to quantify these things. We also talk about some of the other factors that have an impact on skin health, and of course, dive into the first peptide developed specifically to reverse skin aging at the molecular level, OS01. Catalina Oliveira holds a PhD in stem cell biology and tissue engineering. She is a co-inventor of five patents and co-author of numerous scientific publications. She relocated from Brazil to Silicon Valley in 2016 to found OneSkin, a fast-growing longevity company developing products to promote skin health by targeting aging at the molecular level. She is an alumnus of IndieBio, the world's largest biotech accelerator, and has been an active voice in the longevity field, pioneering age-reversal skin research with OneSkin. So to learn more about OneSkin, go to oneskin.co. OneSkin has a great offer for you as a listener of this podcast. All you have to do is use code superhuman15 and save 15% on your first purchase. And they now have a line of products that includes face, body, cleanser. I think they, they even have an eye cream. So really nice serums that address skin aging at the cellular level. Now, before we jump into the podcast, a little bit of housekeeping and one more message. First, housekeeping. If you get value from this episode and this podcast in general, please make sure that you leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening to us on, because this is what helps the podcast to rise up the ranks. And it is also what helps me to attract more amazing guests for you guys. Secondly, 
I wanted to remind you about my upcoming Women's Longevity and Resilience Retreat. I'm not going to bore you with the details here. You've probably heard it, but it's happening from November 1st to 6th in Cabarete in the Dominican Republic. You can find out a lot more about it on my website, natnidham.com, and just click on Retreat on the top and tab. And secondly, while you're in that website, check out the Mighty Network's BSP community. And so you'll find a tab that says BSP community at the top of the page. And that will tell you a little bit about the private membership community I have going on um, Mighty Networks, which is far away from Facebook. Now, one last thing before we jump into the episode, and that is I want to talk to you a little bit about cellular senescence. As a certified holistic nutritionist, I am so excited by recent research on a group of plant-derived ingredients that can help you age so much better. So if you're over 30, listen up. Research suggests that a big contributor to poor aging is senescent cells, better known as zombie cells. These cells are old, worn-out cells that can linger in your body after they're done with their useful function. They waste your energy and nutritional resources on them. They also secrete inflammatory cytokines, and they can convince other cells around them to become senescent as well. And as we age, those senescent cells often accumulate in our bodies, contributing to sluggish energy, less flexibility, slower workout recovery, or simply put, that kind of middle-aged feeling, right? But in the last years, research has identified plant-derived ingredients that can actually help our bodies naturally eliminate senescent cells. And these ingredients are called senolytics. The easiest way that I have found to get complete senolytic support is a formula that I just love and have been using for several months myself called Qualia Senolytic. It's almost like a monthly cleanse for aging. You take Qualia Senolytic just two days a month, and it's loaded with science-backed vegan senolytic ingredients that help your body naturally eliminate senescent cells. So once again, I'm going to repeat that. This is not a supplement you have to take daily. You just take it two days a month. It can literally help you feel 10 years younger in just a few months. To try it out, go to neurohacker.com forward slash Natalie, and Natalie is spelt with an H. So it's neurohacker.com forward slash N-A-T-H-A-L-I-E to try Qualia Synalytic with a 100-day money-back guarantee. And code Natalie, again, N-A-T-H-A-L-I-E, will get you 15% off your first order. So that's neurohacker.com forward slash Natalie with an H for Qualia Synalytic. And remember code Natalie with an H for 15% off to start aging better. And now let's jump into that episode. Hey folks, just a quick reminder that all of the information presented in this podcast is for information purposes only. No medical advice, no diagnosing, no treatments suggested here. Before you try anything that you hear about or learn about here, make sure that you check with your medical provider. Okay, welcome to the podcast, Carolina Oliveira. It is such a pleasure to have you back again. Thank you, Natalie. Such a great pleasure to be here. Yes, poor Catalina has had to like withstand my technical foibles for the last 20 minutes. We're actually recording this without a mic on my part, so hope which I'm speaking into for reasons I don't understand. So hopefully that won't be too much of a problem for you guys in terms of listening to what's going to be a really interesting conversation. So Catalina and I recorded a podcast together in 2021, which we'll link to in the show notes, when One Skin first came out with the OSO1 face cream. And it sounds like Catalina and her colleagues, I think there's five of you, right, on the team? Yes, four founders, but in the team, we have more scientists. Yeah, exactly. So, so, you know, what's, what's interesting, and I think different about your skincare line is that it's coming from it's coming out of the lab, right? It's not, it's very, very rarely do we get a skin, a skincare line that is coming, like the founders are actually the researchers and the scientists. So that episode really goes in depth about how, you know, the however many of you there are, sat in a lab and went through like, what was it? A thousand different peptides, right? Before you landed on this one peptide and said, this is the one that's showing that it does stuff. Mm -hmm. Correctly. Yeah. And just like to refresh everyone's mind, like we didn't even start out to develop a product or create a brand. It was basically a consequence of our research 
you know, testing anti-aging products that were out there and because we can grow human skins in the lab and we can measure actually the impact of any product in terms of, you know, reversing or accelerating the skin biological age, that's when we realized that there was a better way to actually target skin aging at the source with a more innovative approach approach using longevity science. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a lot of, I mean, a lot of our conversation today is going to be really interesting because we're going to use terms that are familiar to people, like things like cellular senescence and biological age and systemic inflammation. But these are not terms that are often spoken about when it comes to skincare. I mean, maybe cell senescence a little bit, but, um, you know, I think what's going to be really fascinating about the conversation is about ways the research you've done to quantify some of these things um, in your in your test subject. So but before before we jump into that, let's back it up a little bit and let's talk about like the two main factors that really get compromised when it comes to skin. Right. We've got skin barrier and skin elasticity. And those two things kind of get south. So maybe, you know, again, let's let's talk a little bit about what is the skin barrier, because really we've got this skin that's built to keep the world out as much as possible. And here we are. And we'll talk a little bit about some of the things, strategies you've developed to kind of get past that. But can we talk a little bit about the skin barrier and, you know, why our skin becomes more fragile as we age? I would like to know that. Uh, yeah, so basically, as you said, like the, the skin, it was designed to, to function as a barrier, right? To protect our bodies from, you know, uh, pathogens, different types of, you know, environmental stressors. And, uh, and as we, when we are young, obviously we have all the layers of the skin forming that barrier in a very, you know, strong and functional way. As we get older and we start to suffer from different uh, factors that cause aging, and they're like extrinsic factors and intrinsic factors. So those extrinsic factors are the ones that we are exposed to in our day to day, such as UV exposure, pollutions, and so on. And the intrinsic factors are the facts like that happens internally in our skin, in the deeper layers of, of our skin. So basically, you know, the cell replication that, you know, towards the end of the cell life, uh, it accumulates a lot of mutations. So this will lead to that senescent state that we'll talk more about that. Uh, obviously, inflammation that starts to build up in our bodies, in our tissues as well. So we build up those senescent cells internally, but obviously your skin can also build up more of them because we are exposed to a bunch of stressors uh, from the environment. Uh, so as we grow older, what happens, and just to refresh people's mind about, you know, cellular senescence or senescent cells, mm-hmm. these are cells that have basically reached like their limit in terms of replication. So they have divided around 50 times. They have accumulated a lot of mutations that basically they pull like a stop uh, and and this functions as like a, a protection from our body because if they continue to divide, they could become a cancer. But then on the flip side, they start secreting inflammatory signals that basically can induce the cells around to age faster. So when we are younger, our bodies recognize, our immune system recognize those cells and clear those up. And but as we grow older, our immune system also gets deficient, and then those cells tend to also uh, build up and basically also to trick our immune system. Uh, so with the the presence of senescent cells and these inflammatory signals that they secrete, what happens in the skin is that the inflammation will lead like to collagen breakdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also prevent the formation of new collagen and this will lead to the you know to uh compromise of the skin barrier because you can it also impairs like cell renewal so you can't like renew your skin as you used to do when you're younger 
Uh, so with like more inflammation and a compromised skin barrier uh, uh, and less collagen, we obviously see, you know, uh, lower elasticity uh, and then your skin starts to be more sagging, more wrinkled and so on. So that's kind of what's happening in the inner layers of your skin that leads to the common signs of skin aging that we are all familiar with. Right. And what about the issue of, um, because I, you know, I can't remember who I was just talking to about this, but the issue of cross-linking of AGE formation, which also has a lot to do with wrinkle formation, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. So the formation of these AGEs that are advanced and glycation products, this is also related to aging and obviously things like sugar, you know, your diet can definitely uh, influence the formation of more AGEs and cross-linked collagen and and basically, you know, interferes with the skin elasticity because your skin gets a little more stiff and then you don't have that elasticity as you used to have. Right. And so to that end, you know, how big a role, I mean, in in your estimation as a researcher, like how big a role does, does diet play in skin, how it looks and how it performs. I mean, you know, we'll t- people will talk about, well, eat lots of foods that eat foods that have a lot of collagen in them, for example, or drink bone broth or, you know, eat like the, you know, those, those meats that are very collagenous and you cook them a long time and then you end up with, you know, a, a very, it's a, kind of like a rich broth that'll actually harden when you put it in the fridge. So, and that, and then you've got the antioxidants and the polyphenols. So in terms of nutrition, do you think that it really has a big impact on skin? And what do you, what do you think are the most important factors there? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you probably know this, but uh, uh, our lifestyles and habits, you know, determine around like 80 to 90% in terms of our outcome in terms of aging. So only 10 to 20% is related to our genetics and diets is one of, you know, the biggest like influencers there. Um, so as you said, like, you know, decreasing the, the intake of sugar and everything that you can enrich like the, the, availability of more peptides doesn't mean necessarily like if you just like drink collagen peptides that that collagen will actually get to your skin (laughs) but uh, if you make your body more available you know provide more collagen peptides you know it's a it's a better so it's like a faster source of protein intake because these peptides will be easily absorbed and uh so all of that will contribute but I, the way that we believe that the best way is, is to stimulate your skin cells to produce more collagen. That's, you know, the collagen that will actually make a difference in your skin, elasticity, uh, firmness, and so on. So what would make my skin make more collagen? So you needed to prevent, again, formation of senescent cells. Uh, so using sunscreen is one is a great way to prevent senescent cells. Okay, yeah. uh, we usually recommend the, the mineral one that forms like a physical barrier, not like the chemical one. Uh, obviously, keep your skin hydrated. Uh, and, you know, peptides like the ones that we have in our products are are proven, at least I can talk about the West one, to in- increase the, the production of collagen, hyaluronic acid, and also to decrease the levels of markers related to inflammation, aging, and collagen degradation. Right. Okay, that's true. And you just brought up hyaluronic acid, which I think is really interesting, because sometimes you'll find products that deliver hyaluronic acid topically, but I've been recently reading about people talking about using hyaluronic acid as a as a food supplement to improve hydration from within. Is that something that you've looked into at all? What's your do you have an opinion on that? Yeah. We have not looked or tested anything related to our intake of hyaluronic acid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> my first generation, mm, this sounds a little, you know, suspicious because I mean, water, I think water, you know, internally is kind of the best way uh, to hydrate our body. Yeah. But yeah, you want to hold more water. I, I'm not sure how is the absorption, you know, kind of how that uh, hyaluronic acid gets like internalize and if it it still can keep its ability to hold water as we know that it does in the skin yeah well basically it's you know trying to think of how does it make its way to the skin right from within it doesn't it'll be yeah it's really hard to make that connection take and you know that's gonna get to the skin so yeah no that's that's an interesting point so i mean you know like i'm all about the peptides right so I can't stay away from OSO1 for too long. So my first question on OSO1, which is the proprietary peptide that you guys, you know, identified and isolated, is this a peptide that's naturally occurring in the body or is this something that that you basically assembled a bunch of amino acids and said, ha, peptide, let's do this. Uh, it's not a naturally occurring peptide. So this peptide came initially, so the first uh starting point was like a microbial peptide it was a library of like different peptides that had this microbial property uh, but from those peptides we generated newer peptides so we did do some what we call like permutation so we altered some amino acid sequences uh, we using an algorithm in order to um increase the effect on senescent cells and get a more potent version of those initial peptides that we tested. So we did already an analysis and it does match like 70% with some proteins, peptides in our body, uh, but not a hundred percent. But we, again, we have done like extensive safety studies. We we don't have any sign that this peptide can cause any toxicity, mm-hmm. any irritation, sensitization. So even though it's a novel peptide, it's a really safe molecule. And that's why we feel so comfortable, you know, in bringing it as a skincare product. For sure. No, I, I mean, I guess I was wondering, like, if it, because so many of the peptides that people will use very often will be a fragment. It'll be a fragment yeah. of a naturally occurring peptide. And you know, but there's, but then again, you know, there's definitely peptides on the market where they've been modified ever so little, but though, yeah. you know, the devil's in the details when it comes to the human body, right? So it doesn't take much um, to take a naturally occurring peptide and give it, let's say, a longer half-life or yeah, better exactly. body capacity. Yeah, and, and that's one of the main advan- and advantages of our peptide. It, it does have a very high stability in different like pHs, uh, different temperatures. So even if you're keeping your product, you know, two years on the shelf, like the peptide should still be active. Uh, we've done studies to validate yeah, I'd that. like to see the person who keeps that peptide around for two years. Nobody, I'm not, like I said, to you, <laughs> like... <laughs> I'm I'm sitting there thinking I might cut the box open just to get more <laughs> of the cream out for the body cream because I anyway we, we're not going to talk about packaging now we're going to stick to the topic and then we'll get to that later so OSO1 so how does it do what it does like you again like you've spent so much time in the lab quantifying what it's doing so let's dig into that a little bit and yeah, let's talk about OSO1. I was like, I was kind of debating if I go to the what makes the different products different, but because OSO1 is involved in all of them, let's let's just focus on that and talk a little bit about, you know, based on your research, like what is it doing? Like how because it increases the life the health span or the lifespan of the skin. Like what's what's fascinating is that the studies that you're doing, like you're looking at a, an aging clock that is specific to skin, right? Right. So like, I mean, I know my biological age, but the biological age that I have is a it's a systemic biological age. I haven't been able yet. I haven't accessed yet those individual clocks to talk about my heart and my lungs and my brain and different things. What's fascinating now and what's cool about the way science is moving is we're getting to the point where we're going to be able to say, here's your biological age of your skin versus you're this or you're that. So let's talk about your skin biological age clock yeah that's a that's a great point and i think skin is one of the organs that will be actually able to measure skin biological age because you can you know take a biopsy which is not like uh 
uh, taking out a piece of your brain. <laughs> yeah, it's better than taking a piece of your brain and your heart, but it's not so consumer friendly, but it's still viable. And we run clinical studies in which we are actually measuring the change in the skin biological age by, by collecting biopsies. Uh, so as you said, like in order to be able to accurately quantify the effect of our products. We, we developed this algorithm that was trained only using skin samples from you know various ages. And then now we can measure what is the biological age of you know any person's skin. And we can also measure like what's the impact of our product on that skin after a certain time. Wow. So that's what we really want to show. Like, we, you know, we believe that by targeting senescent cells can be a way that we can promote this skin biological age reversal. So we are running clinical studies in which we have participants using the product for like six months up to a year. And then we are quantifying the effect by, you know, measuring the methylation pattern. That's what our algorithm, you know, reads uh, and quantifying in terms of years, how many years we're actually, you know, reducing from your skin. Wow. That's, that's amazing. And so when you, so will people eventually, will your customers be able to run this test on themselves? Like, do you think you'll be able to make that available to people? You're laughing. Because <laughs> I'm sitting there yeah. going, how do I send you a sample? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, we, we we got this question many times, and we we are working towards that. There are several, I would say, limitations in terms of the 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 methylation sequence is still very expensive. So, offer this as a consumer kind of test is still. Uh, a challenge also the biopsy collection and shipping and you know kind yeah. of keeping the that sample uh stable it's still a challenge so we are working trying to develop a system that's like non-invasive like a tape strip that you you know you would we needed to get enough uh i would say biological sample to actually measure and need to quantify that that sample is actually representative of a skin biopsy mm -hmm that we are working on but so far at least like if we have the clinical studies this will be like a great indication that uh, you know uh it should work for the general yeah yeah no that's that's really interesting so what are you finding in terms of um like when you were measuring people's skin age <laughs> yeah, skin age um did you find like have you have you found that there are certain factors that cause I mean the, the answer is kind of obvious but but still like when you were training your clock like were you looking for people who haven't spent a lot of time in the sun or and don't smoke and don't because I would imagine that you know as you said before like people like for me I was a lifeguard for years so you know the damage to my skin was done a long time ago and and I guess the question, the next question is how, and I guess you're still trying to figure that out really, is how much ground can we re, like kind of reclaim by using this and maybe they'll take other products for someone like me who's, you know, did all those bad things a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I think in the end, uh, our product is really designed, you know, to it's the main product designed to target skin aging at the the root cause. So even if you're a little advanced in the aging process, there is a still a way that we can show like age reversal effect. And, and because in the end, we want to stop that, uh, I would say bad signaling that, you know, comes from the senescent cells and our peptide does this really well. Uh, then your body will be more, you know, better equipped to kind of, you know, clear out those senescent cells. Yeah. So it's it's never too late. And I would say that in terms of having something that, you know, was specifically designed to target and to, you know, repair skin aging at the, the cellular level, our product in, is still the most advanced one in the market. Yeah. And how do you feel when people use like, is your product meant to be used as a standalone or can people then 
like, you know, all of us biohackers love to stack things, right? And at the end of the day, A, because we believe that different things do different things. And also because we feel that, you know, um, more is better sometimes. I mean, more is not always better, but we want everything, right? We want the product that does this and the product that says that. So I've often said that I will use my OSO1 as a foundation before I use other products. How do you feel about that or... Am I about to get kicked? Yeah, I think <laughs> if, if your other products are targeting different mechanisms that our peptide is targeting, it would make sense to basically combine them. Uh, we, for our customers, we want to simplify their skincare routine and we want to basically try to solve most of their needs with fewer products. Sure. Because, you know, in the end, you need to screen really, you know, uh, carefully every single product in terms of the ingredients, in terms of how they were tested and efficacy. So it's just a lot more work. What we usually recommend is really pairing, you know, topical products with other treatments like LED or, um, you know, sauna or, you know, other things that is also good for your health and your skin. Um, that's obviously a totally different mechanism that, you know, our peptide works. Yeah, no, that's great. And then so, so is the cellular senescence also, you may have said this, sorry if, if I'm going to make you repeat yourself, but does the cellular senescence also affect skin elasticity? Like I get how the senescent ultimately affects like the inflammation and the function and the ability of the skin cells to renew, right? Because we need the, the, the skin to keep renewing. Um, but does it directly also affect elasticity? It's not directly, but definitely indirectly. So... Yeah. Inflammation will definitely, you know, lower the levels of genes that are related to cell renewal. And with like a lower cell or slower cell renewal, you have less elasticity. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. And so the other, the other factors that OSO1 improves, right, is like evenness, pores, the smoothness, the overall appearance of skin. Like, again, like, does it all come down to the same thing? Like, does it... But, you know, like at the end of the day, like, did you kind of identify that what we would call that root cause of all of these things going sideways for people? It's ultimately about these zombie cells that are stopping the healthy cells from doing their job and that whole thing. Yeah. I mean, if you think when you're young and you have that very smooth and, you know, um, plump skin, it's because you have like fewer senescent cells. Obviously, you know, our product will provide, you know, smoothness and other things that comes from other supporting ingredients as well. And, you know, to help to help to keep hydration, for example. But to us, like the rationale is very simple in a way that if we go to the root cause and, you know, a, young, a biologically younger skin is, a you know, better, healthier, younger looking skin as well. Yeah, for sure. So you just mentioned two things that I think are interesting. You mentioned that there's a couple of other ingredients in the product that you intentionally put in there. So I don't know if you want to speak to them at all. And then the other one is ingredients that are really harmful that people will find in their skincare products. So one at a time. Maybe do you want to touch on a little bit the ingredient, the other, you know, the kind of the the entourage that you're sending your OSO one with <laughs> kind of thing? Yeah. And and it varies. It varies for each product, like for the face, for the body, for the eye product. So we always choose ingredients that are designed, you know, to support the skin of that specific area. So for the for the face, for example, we have hyaluronic acid at three three different you know molecular weights. So a, a higher molecular weight that will create like a barrier and you maintain you know the 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 prevent the water loss and then lower median lower molecular weight that can either be degraded by the microbiome of your skin and be absorbed by your skin and be more functional in the skin cells to stimulate production of hyaluronic acid. So we have niacinamide that, you know, has been proven to helping the skin health in many, many ways. 
help with the skin tone. Uh, we have different oils uh, from the Amazon rainforest that are very anti-inflammatory, very rich in antioxidant. So these are the main ones for the face. And for the body, we have different ones because the body, you can have other ingredients that uh, your skin of the face, it's more delicate and you don't want to cause any, you know, breakouts or anything like that. You don't want to have like a greasy feeling. You want a product that's really kind of, you know, absorbs fast. For the body, you can have a little bit more rich, I would say, in terms of ingredients that hold a lot more, you know, hydration. So we have this mushroom extract that uh, is known to hold the uh, the amount of water 400 times more than hyaluronic acid. Wow. The tremella mushroom. And, uh, and then we have other different oils. And the, the body product are, is really interesting because it's kind of a light lotion and you can, you know, basically- It is a light lotion share. actually. It's funny because it's surprising how moisturizing it is and how light it is at the same time, right? Exactly. So that's what people really appreciate because it's not like, you know, too thick, you know, spread super well and and it holds the moisture. It helps like with flakiness. It helps with like irritation. We know that as, you know, with the aging process, this is a huge issue uh, for for many people itching. Uh, and the, the product's really soothing, really kind of... Uh, uh, helps, you know, calm your skin in many ways, helps with crepe skins and so on. Yeah, no, I, I actually love it. Okay, so I have a couple of other questions, but let before we leave the ingredient question, uh, let's talk about what are, I mean, in your opinion, are, are there a couple of really bad players people absolutely should avoid when they're looking for skincare? I mean, obviously they're not present in your products, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, do you think, do you, when you, when you guys sit around a table and go like, here are the things that people absolutely must avoid in their skincare. Are there? Yeah, it's an extensive list. Uh, obviously, you know, there are the parabens, there are like the uh, petrolatum derivatives. Uh, and this is more like if you want something really natural, you can avoid anything that's more, you know, petroleum derived. Uh, there are many fragrance, you know, can be very cause sensitization. Uh, there are some hormonal disruptors ingredients. So I would recommend for anyone that, you know, go through the list of any product that you buy and there are websites such as EWG that they can rank, you I know, like this. Yeah. Yeah. So it can really tell you like, oh, this can potentially cause cancer. So obviously, you know, that's a hard no. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> but it's, and we've, we've done these tests in the lab and it's really impress, impressive. We can, you know, apply, uh, you know, a super expensive product, high end, that's not clean, not safe. And the skin will start like degenerating. The skin will start basically, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. It, it, it's clear for us, like, how is the impact of such ingredients in the skin? Because they really react really fast and, you know, in a, in a toxic way. So uh, I would love to be able to obviously test all the products, but that would that would be a different business. <laughs> yeah, no, and you know, I th I mean, look, as you said, ewg.org is a great resource. Like I point to them all the time, and you know, at the end of the day, there's no real shortcuts in this stuff, right? And and the other thing is, like, the fragrance issue is a huge issue. I think that the only products I use that are fragranced have essential, like natural essential oils in them. And, and, and essential oils are amazing. Like it's literally an apothecary, right? So even there, you have to be careful what you're using yeah. when and where, because they're like medicine. They can. Purity and the, the dose and everything. Right. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. So, um, okay. So now I have two other questions that popped up that weren't even in my notes before. Um, <laughs> So you keep, we keep, we keep both keep talking about aging skin. So what's the age, you know, like, I mean, and I mean, it's going to vary by person because like someone like me, for example, who had a lot of sun exposure 
early on and frankly, even later on, because I love the sun and it's a problem. Um, I'm much better now. But um, in general, what age would you say like age, skin starts to age almost right away, especially, especially because of our environment. So it's never too early to start with this stuff, is it? I'm going to ask no. a question. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> it's not. I mean, we, we usually recommend that, you know, after whatever, over your 18 years old, but actually, you know, it's a really safe product. We didn't do tests like in kids or uh, to, you know, promote for, for them, but uh, I would say that obviously, you know, sunscreen, that the basic stuff, like you, you should start as early as possible. And, and we know that it's also important to take some sun exposure, right? I was going to ask you that, yeah. Yeah, well, the vitamin D that your skin produces. So it's basically like how much sun you get exposed, how much you're reapplying sunscreen, uh, and what time you can get exposed that's not going to damage your skin. Hey, folks. A quick word about Berkeley Life and nitric oxide. Berkeley Life is dedicated to supporting healthy nitric oxide levels. Nitric oxide is a vasodilator that is actually made naturally in the body and helps to promote healthy blood flow. However, stress, age, and environmental factors can inhibit your body's ability to make enough of it. When nitric oxide is low, your body loses that natural vasodilation, which not only impacts your cardiovascular system, but also every other system that relies on that circulation of blood, oxygen, and nutrients. Berkeley Life Supplements provide a dietary nitrate that the body converts into nitric oxide. Their two-capsule daily dose has the dietary nitrate equivalent to two whole bags of spinach without the oxalates. This helps to restore healthy circulation, delivering blood and nutrients where they they are needed to go from your head to your toes. So before you take your next supplement or multivitamin, consider whether you've primed your body to deliver all that great stuff you're putting in. You can access Berkeley Life by going to berkeleylife.com and make sure to use practitioner code N-I-D-D-B-L to place your order. That's N like Natalie, I, D, D like David, David, B like Berkeley, L like life to place your order. And now let's get back to the episode. I'm a big believer now. I mean, I spent I spent a month in the Dominican Republic last November, and the only sun I got was like the only unprotected sun I got really. And part of it is, you know, it helped that it was so super hot during the day. But the only real sun I got was morning walks on the beach at around sunrise and then around the end of the day. And I wouldn't wear sunscreen at those times because I do believe that there is value. Like you said, like, I mean, your body will only generate vitamin D skin if you're not, if you're not blocking those rays. And so the sunscreen in some degree is, is in opposition to that. So yeah. And I mean, obviously you can supplement vitamin D. There is obviously a discussion there, but I believe that uh, there is a, 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 I would say a way that you can get a healthy sun exposure. And, you know, if you have a healthy lifestyle in general, that should be sufficient to prevent, you know, skin cancer. For sure. Well, and so their skin cancers are, whoops, skin cancers are extreme case, but even just skin aging and all the things that we've been talking about. So what about, um, and I, I, again, I mean, this isn't a medical product at all, but what about people who have skin conditions? Like, have you found even anecdotally, I don't know if you've tested it at all, but people with certain types of, whether it's rosacea or things that are more extreme, like eczema, or have you found that your product can be tolerated by them or can have it actually helps in many cases because most of those disorders they also increase their incidence with the aging process right and a lot of them are related to you know a break uh, a compromise in the skin barrier mm-hmm. so when you can repair the skin barrier when you can lower the levels of inflammation in the skin you can actually recover that health state of your skin so we have many people sharing like uh, uh, that uh, we had the, we have on our website like a very impressive like a person that had a huge patch of eczema and was not being you know healed with like uh, steroids and you know really harsh <laughs> treatments and our product helped like in two weeks. 
So it's impressive again when, when a lot of the skin disorders are related to aging and inflammation and skin barrier. And when you go to the root cause, the consequences that your skin will be healthier and then you end up like recovering that homeostasis state. Um, and our product helps. Yeah, that. no, that's, I mean, that's really impressive, right? Because if you're, if it's gentle enough to apply to a condition like that and also can have a positive effect, I mean, that speaks volumes and that's, you know, that's a big thing about like not including fragrance, for example, in a product, which by its very nature is going to be irritating. So you kind of keep the, those extras out and, uh, keep the good stuff in. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think for us, like the number one rule is like to be completely safe. And then obviously we're going to validate the efficacy, but we don't want to, you know, uh, compromise your skin health in any way. Okay. So how long in general, how long does it take before people like, do people see the results? I mean, I, you know, like, I mean, obviously I think my skin looks smooth and it looks great, but it's very hard objectively yeah. you look at yourself in the mirror every single day right so you're kind of like yeah I look good I think <laughs> I mean I wish I didn't look my age anymore but whatever <laughs> so in terms of you know in terms of even the trials that you've done in the lab how long before I mean I think in the lab you see changes very fast because there's no exposure to UV and yeah and that kind of stuff but yeah, we can do UV exposure in the lab, but it obviously is a very different, you know, kind of system and has its own limitations. But in terms of, you know, either clinical studies or our consumer studies or what people report, after two to four weeks, you should see improvements in hydration, texture, and smoothness. Uh, and then after four to eight weeks, you will start to see improvement in firmness, fine lines, elasticity, thicker skin, uh, and this gets better over time. So we always say that, you know, with consistent use, you'll see improvements uh, mainly on these areas around like wrinkles that take a little bit more time, yeah. uh, improving over time because it takes time for the peptide to penetrate basically you know to do its job and and it works from the inside out it's not something that you know like retinols for example that we are peeling off in the late you know the upper layers of your skin it goes deeper works from the inside out so uh, from our clinical studies we do see significant improvements after six weeks and after 12 weeks so it gets better after 12 weeks right and so then what if somebody used um you know their oso1 for uh, let's say three four or six months could they take a break like how do you know how long i mean senescent cells keep happening obviously yeah, yeah and there's exactly. a build up right but but do you think that and, and I mean, from a business perspective, obviously, we want people to use the product all the time, not to mention the fact that you're talking about the cumulative benefits that are going to build. But yeah. is it the kind of thing that people can kind of cycle in and out of their routine? Or is it the kind of thing that you think people really to get the best results, you're just going to want to make it part of that foundation? Yeah, it's a great question. Because there are some products that are use senolytics in the market, you know, and senolytics are products that are really designed to deplete, I would say, 90% of your senescent yeah. cells. So for those kind of products, we would recommend like cycling because you, you don't want to eliminate all the senescent cells. Senescent cells have some important roles as well. Uh, but our product is more like on the, we call like senomorphic or like, uh, uh, preventative side, although it does, you know, have some reversal kind of reparative uh, effects as well. So because of that, we recommend consistent use because the more we can prevent the senescent cells to release the, those inflammatory signals, the more that we can stimulate the skin cells to repair damage more efficiently, you know, uh, the better we'll have your skin functioning you know with like lower or uh, formation of senescent cells and so on so 
the nature because of the nature of our peptide we recommend consistent use okay that's great it's a good answer it's i actually was really interested in that okay so let's i mean we, we have about 20 minutes left and we i really want to touch on some of the clinical trials and the research that you've done in the lab um both in the lab and with actual real life people walking around. So, so you did, um, so the, the, the first really comes down to the biological age of skin, right? And you said you started with, a. I think now I can't remember if we talked about it on the podcast or before the podcast, but you talked about how you, you took a very small sample size of maybe 11 people and showed certain results there and that you're now doing a bigger trial. So maybe you want to talk yeah. about that a little bit. And it's all about that training this DNA methylation algorithm around skin aging. Yeah, so basically we built the algorithm and then we could we use the algorithm as a tool to measure the age reverse effect of the peptide. So we could be, we can do two things in two ways. We can grow human skins in the lab using skin cells and replicate the skin aging process. We can also use what we call like ex vivo skin. So these are real human skin that we can get from, you know, plastic surgeries, and then we can treat that skin and measure again, how our peptide can promote this age reversal. So in the lab, we already have measured that we can reverse 2.6 years in the age of the skin, Mm -hmm. in those ex vivo skins. Uh, and then we uh, now we want to you know prove that in people like when people are using the product you know every day how long it takes to actually you know promote this you know significant effect and we did a, a pilot study only with on, on 11 participants and we collect biopsies after six months and 12 months and after 12 months we saw a reduction of 3.3 years but was almost significant not like you know statistically speaking significant yet Uh, so we are now repeating with a larger cohort of like 35 participants and we believe that we can see results even in six months because we have you know um a bigger and you know per- number of participants. For sure. So this is super you know interesting because it'll be the first time that w- someone will or like yeah we'll actually measure that we can reverse the the skin biological age. There is a study that they did this with like blood. We know when you take a, some a cocktail of different like drugs. So we would be the ones that are like showing for the first time for the skin. That's amazing. And are you biopsying um, uh, face, facial skin or body skin? Yeah, from the arms. So they, they're basically applying the face product on the arm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, but that's, yeah, that's interesting. Biopsying on the skin, on the face. Yeah, yeah it's a little tricky. <laughs> <laughs> not, not too many people are going to be signing up for that. Give me younger looking skin, but I'm going to have scars. Yeah, it's not going to work. And then there was another, there was another really fascinating one you were talking about with the topical body product, uh, with the body product about lowering systemic inflammation. So that's phenomenal. Like inflammation has actually, it's now become one of the, you know, we used to have nine hallmarks of aging. There are now three new ones. Inflammation is one of them. And obviously they're not just talking about skin inflammation. They're talking about systemic inflammation. So can you talk a little bit about how like this research that you're doing or have done about how this body cream can possibly lower systemic inflammation? Like this is kind of crazy town. (laughs) I know what was a moment that when we realized the potential impact, we were like, wow, yeah, that's, you know, that's huge. And and it makes sense. If you think that our skin is our largest organ and, you know, it's exposed to different type of, you know, stressors and, you know, aging factors, and we'll build up senescent cells, you know, throughout this whole organ and the senescent cells will secrete the, that inflammation signal. That inflammation that comes from our skin, even in a lower level, can build up because of, you know, the sheer size of the skin. So mm. that inflammation can actually get your blood and elevate your levels of systemic inflammations. Uh, so what we, our hypothesis was like, 
if we treat our skin topically and if we can repair the skin barrier, if we can decrease the amount of senescent cells that are producing that inflammation, can we help, you know, lowering our systemic levels of inflammation? So for that, we are collecting, this study is already ongoing. Uh, we're enrolling 60 participants. We are collecting blood before they start using the product. And then they apply the product in their whole body twice a day uh, for three months. And then we are collecting blood again and measuring the levels of cytokines. Uh, and hopefully seeing, we did a pilot. It was a very small pilot with only five participants. We could see a trend already in some of the, the cytokines. And uh, now with this uh, larger study, we are, again, super excited to see if, if we can validate this hypothesis. Yeah, no, that's crazy. And so how long before this study gets is done and ready to to be? Yeah, we hope it will be, it will be completed like by the middle of the year. So, and then yeah, obviously yeah. to publish the data and so on. Okay. Wow. That's fast. And that one, and also the, um, the, the age clock one. Yeah. Yeah. That one will take a little more because we're just starting. So okay. it's probably by the end of the year. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's so interesting. I'm- I know I, I'm, this is my favorite one. Like once we, we can validate that it's such a, you know, it's someone that we, it should everyone like should be pay attention on that right like if people want to age in a healthier healthier way and your skin can you know influence or contribute on the inflammation that you know you have in your body add this as another layer of you know something easy. that yeah yeah exactly i mean it's so easy and it's kind of nice you know? <laughs> <laughs> it feels nice right? and it feels good like what could be bad Okay, so do you have any other clinic, any research else, or otherwise, I think we're going to start to wind our way to to the end, so we're not rushing. Well, we didn't talk much about the eye product in terms of the difference of the skins in the yeah. eye, and yeah, yeah, definitely, because you're launching, you've launched the eye product now, right? Yeah, we okay. just launched recently, and uh, as we were studying skin, you know, different parts of the body, uh, we found a lot of research in showing that the skin of the eye around the eye area is around five times thinner than the skin of the rest of your face. If you measure the skin biological age of, again, under eye and upper lids, it's around 20 to 30 30 years older than just the skin close to your temple. Like everybody's a centenarian somewhere. (laughs) And if you measure also, you know, aging markers and senescence markers, they're also higher in in this uh, skin of the eye. So because all of that, it made sense for us to create a product specifically to target, you know, all those aging markers. So this new product that we developed has like the highest concentration of the peptide, uh, has other ingredients that help like supporting, uh, you know, dark circles, uh, puffiness, uh, firmness, crow's feet and so on. And uh, and people, this is one that would, I would love for you to do like, you know, a testing yourself because people are taking before and afters and they are seeing results like after two weeks, after four weeks, after six weeks, like completely like, you know, smoothing and, you wow. know, eliminating some of those fine lines. Uh, so we are really excited about I mean, this product. We'll definitely get some to you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I, I, I agree with you. It's hard to notice if you just are looking yourself in the mirror in the mirror every day. But if you actually, you know, measure in, in whatever way you can, you know, even Camera. with camera. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Same lightning. Uh you can you can see the difference. So for sure. So you have so the eye, so the main difference between the eye and the face, well, actually there's ingredients that are different. Um yeah. And then the concentration of the OSO1 is much higher in the eye cream, yeah. right? And then what about the body? I mean, obviously, again, like, you know, the 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 entourage is gonna is gonna vary from body part to body part. Cause as you said earlier, you know, in the face, we have to worry about blocking pores, being, you know, being too yeah. rich and all that. But 
Is there anything, any other major differences between the three products? They all have the OSO1. Does the body have the same concentration as the face or maybe a little less? Like how does... It, it's a little less because for two reasons. One, your body's less exposed to, you know, than the, your face, hands, and, you know, uh, your decollete. And um, also because it would be a really expensive product yeah. if we had the same yeah, concentration. <laughs> so, <in> it, <laughs> yeah. so actually, yeah, you brought up a good point. Like as a woman, the areas I'm going to like, you know, where I've had the damage is the decolletage, like right here on my chest. I mean, yeah. I'm pretty good on my on the backs of my hands, but I have friends who are like runners and stuff and the backs of their hands re or cyclists, if they don't wear gloves, really take a beating. So would you almost use the face cream on the chest and on the backs of the hands as well as the face? Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes total sense to me. All right, so let's let's bring it home. Is there, <laughs> first of all, is there anything you wanted to cover that we did not cover yet? I think we covered most of it. Yeah, I think so too. There's the cleanser. Now, again, I'm not remembering. Did we talk about the cleanser during the podcast or before the podcast? Because you did launch the cleanser. I think it was around the same time as the body, right? And it was, and it, and I think yeah, a few months later. Yeah. yeah, and maybe let's talk about the cleanser a little bit because people might be sitting there rolling their eyes, going, "Oh my God, here's another thing to wash my face." But it's it has a very specific design in mind. This cleanser, and it has to do with you know how do we break through the stratus corneum how do we disrupt the skin barrier just enough to allow for better penetration of ingredients without messing up the microbiome or causing damage right like yeah yeah actually we don't need even to disrupt the 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 the, the skin barrier we just want to like clear you know clean the dead cells the impurities uh, and our peptide has already an ability to penetrate even with an intact like stratum corneum. We can measure this in the lab. We actually do this to, to validate, okay, we want to make sure that the peptide is reaching to the, you know, inner layers, the dermal layer. That's when we, uh, it's important to, to have its effect. Uh, so the cleanser is basically a product that was designed again to, gently cleanse your skin uh, in a way that won't disrupt your skin microbiome or your skin barrier won't and then we'll you know obviously remove the dead cells and the impurities and the studies that we have done in the lab also show that if you cleanse with this cleanser it could happen with other cleansers we didn't test others but it, it helps the penetration of the peptide over two times so wow. it's a product that will basically you know optimize the effects of the face product because you can guarantee more uh peptide penetration yeah and i guess if you wanted to splurge you could use it on your whole body and get the benefits there yeah <laughs> it's a big bottle that one it's a big bottle actually it's not a teeny tiny bottle so you yeah. you could do it um okay so let's say you know, let's let's bring it home now. And let's say there's a listener who's like, you know what, I've spent all my beauty budget this month um, or for the next three months. What what would your suggestions be? What are the most important things people can do to, you know, it, without going out and buying a bunch of product, even though I would say, you know, if you can save up your money and make that investment, because the cool thing is also about your products is like the bottle doesn't just last 30 days. Like these, these products last a long time, but let's say we have someone who just, what, what best skin advice are you going to give people um, to protect their elasticity and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I'll I'll repeat a little bit of what we talked today, but obviously, you know, I'd say sunscreen is like the first one. Uh, hard to protect, you know, skin aging without sunscreen. You can do it. It's just going to be way harder. Um, obviously, your diet, you know, restricting sugar, uh, hydration. Hydration is so important and obviously you know, the intake of water, but also like products that help, you know, maintaining like either creating like a physical barrier that protects your skin to lose water uh, or like, again, 
uh, hopefully, you know, induce your skin cells to produce more hyaluronic acid and so on. So I would say like products that usually have ceramides, hyaluronic acid will help with that or products that help like strengthening the skin barrier in general. Um, sleep, obviously, you know, we will affect your whole body, but your skin is one of the main, like, okay, if you don't sleep well, next day you see, see it in the mirror for sure. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Uh, and I mean, if you have, you know, other things like red light therapy at home, you know, uh, this will all also help. Uh, and yeah, I, I would say that's why we develop like few, fewer products because we want to basically simplify. And, you know, a lot of times you can keep at least like a face moisturizer, like the, don't, don't spend a day without moisturizing your face. That uh, maybe would be like my, my number one advice. And, uh, and even if you're not using your product, just make sure that the moisturizer is clean or safe, you know, check the ingredients. But uh, yeah, that, that per se, we were already like help your skin to do its job better. When the skin is dry, it's just like, you know, it's suffering, you know, it's being tortured. So let's say you were stuck on a desert island. Would you, and you had access to coconut oil, would you think that coconut oil would be something that might like as a last resort, just pure coconut oil? Or do you think it would just plug, clog up people's cores? I mean, look, it's not going to help senescence, cellular senescence. It's not going to do any of those things, but just from a sheer I'm just wondering, you know, like you get you get these single ingredient things that people use on their face, like shea butter or coconut oil or, you know, what are your thoughts on that at all? Yeah, I, I would be a little afraid of coconut oil because what you said, you know, clogging your pores and, you know, things like that. And obviously, if you're in the sun, don't use an oil. and no, stay in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, bring out the tinfoil and the oil and knock yourself out. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, not so much. Hopefully, yeah, not so much. Uh, you know, to hydrate your body at home from time to time, I think it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you end up smelling nice and tropical. It's got all that stuff going on. <laughs> all right. So I think we're, we're done. I think we're good. I think the next, the last thing we need to share with people is where to find you, where to find your amazing product and how they can get their hands on it. <laughs> so you can find them on oneskin.co, our website. I also would like recommend everyone to sign up for our newsletter. We share a lot of content around longevity, yeah. education. It's not only about products or, uh, but yeah, we share data that we generate in the lab. So we feed a lot of our customers with like very good content and, uh, and yeah, you know, we also have an Instagram that's also at oneskin.co. We we share a lot of content there as well. And and I know that they have a special code from you. Oh, <laughs> guys, you get to save 15% off if you use Superhuman 15 as a listener of this podcast. But I will, I just want to vouch for your newsletter because it is always so interesting. So it's not, to me, it's not one of those newsletters that's cluttering up my box. I'm like, what am I going to learn today? So I just want to reiterate the URL, which is oneskin.co, not com. That's not a typo. It's not a misspeak. It's C-O, no M at the end. So on that note, Carolina, thank you so much for your time today. It was such a pleasure to see you again and to talk. I'm really looking forward to hearing about all the amazing research results you're going to come out with over the next, I don't know, eight months or so, right? Thank you so much, Natalie. I'll definitely, you know, share with you whenever those results come out. And uh, yeah. We'll let everybody uh, know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> but thanks for having me. Thank you. Again. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that's what helps us to be heard and to be seen. If you'd like to connect with me directly, or if you'd like to leave any comments, or if you have any questions about this episode, please reach out to me directly through my website, natnidham.com. And of course, if you're not already a member of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Community on Facebook, that's where you'll find me every day. It's a short application, 
Just answered a couple of questions and you're in and interfacing with other amazing biohackers. Thanks again. And we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode.